Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Thursday, the correct day of the week. Wow. May 6th, 2021. Reed, may the 6th be with you. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. I'm so happy. <laughs> no problem, man. Let's do it for every day of the month. Let's let... Hey, why don't we let Star Wars and Disney just just have the whole month? Yeah, like, why don't we just make May the Star Wars month? Do you, do you realize what you've done, nerds? You've given Star Wars the same amount of days as Martin Luther King. That's where, <laughs> that's where we're at as a culture. It's awful. Uh, video games... We're here to talk about them. But before that, uh, I'll basically preface this by saying this is a grab bag episode. We do not have a featured game. We're milling over what to uh, what to discuss next. So just go with the flow. Yeah, and, we, and know, uh, we just did the entirety of Metal Gear Solid. I think we need at least a one-week break from talking. Yeah, about video it. games are over at that point. Yeah. There's nothing left to there's nothing left to say. Uh, yeah. So yeah, grab bag episode, buckle up. Uh, there's uh, some major news this week out of the website Giant Bomb. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, I have left that all in the new to the Iceberg Episode 7, which went up yesterday. So I'm considering even releasing this tomorrow morning. So even though that we recorded this on the right day, it comes out a day later anyway. Just keep them guessing. <laughs> they never know. They never know when it's coming. Yeah. Reed, do you know who... Do you, do you know the name Charles Martinet? Never heard of him. Never heard of him? Is uh, that he's the Mario the, guy? He's the voice? That's the Mario guy. You're right. Yes. 100%. He's also most of the other uh, Mario-adjacent characters... I found uh, I found a cool little excerpt. Uh, I don't know if this is from his Wikipedia or from a different novel or book or publication, but I just want to read this to you, and this will kind of set the tone for the episode. I think uh, Mario has been voiced by Charles Martinet since 1990. When he came into audition for the role, the directors were preparing to close uh, for the night, already packing up when he arrived. Uh, he was prompted uh, with an Italian plumber from Brooklyn. When he heard the phrase, he immediately thought of a stereotypical Italian American. With a voice similar to that of a mobster. So like, hey, come um, on, get of, out of here. <laughs> hey, I'm walking in. It's yeah, more like a uh, more like Bob Hoskins in uh, in the in the live action Mario movie. Okay. Well, plumbers, that that kind of yeah. voice, I guess. Uh, he then assumed the voice would be too harsh for children, so he planned on using a voice of uh, an older figure. However. Uh, according to Martinet, the audition for Mario was the only time where his thoughts crashed and uh, he spoke complete nonsense after he was prompted uh, the character. He babbled the following in a soft and friendly voice instead. Hello, I'm a Mario. Okie dokie, let's make a pizza pie together. You go get some spaghetti. You get you go get some sausage. I get us some sauce. You gonna put some spaghetti on the sausage and the sausage on the pizza. Then I'm gonna cheese a you with the pizza. Then you're gonna cheese a me with the pizza. You're gonna make a lasagna. End quote. Martinet kept speaking with the voice until the audition tape ran out. That, maybe that was like every Mario sound was recorded right then. They're just like, no, keep it. Woohoo! And just keep keep it going. I got uh, it. I, I got it. Uh, Woo! Uh, all the Smash Brothers stuff too, stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like he's uh, he's acknowledging Sephiroth. And stuff. Uh, the clip was uh, the only tape sent back to Nintendo, and his first major voice acting role was Super Mario sixty four, uh, when Mario got his voice. Very interesting. Uh, I like the part here where it says that was the only tape they sent back. They're like, no, this is. It's either going to be eight tapes of people going, oh hey, how's it going, hey, uh, or or this. Uh, he, he didn't want to make it a stereotypical Italian, but you see, he, like, he broke through the glass ceiling and somehow made something that was Better. both simultaneously more racist, <laughs> but also like, probably overall the better way to go. Anyways, he's like, incredible. How, he's like, how much of a stereotype can I pull out of this? 
I know they make a lasagna. Yeah, I know they said Italian New Yorker, but I'm just gonna scrap the New Yorker part. <laughs> and then at some point they're like, "Okay, that guy has a brother. What's his voice?" And he's like, "Make a lasagna. Make a lasagna." Okay, per- fuck it. That's it. That's the only tape no, we send no, back. No, he's like, Luigi. he's like, "How do I do Luigi?" And then he closed his nose, and then he's like, "It's a me." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh shit, oh, yes. I did it." <laughs> what about Wario? Okay, well then, uh, man, I've I've met that guy a few times, and he's been seemingly drunk every time I've met him. Uh, one of the times was in con- context. He was literally at a wine bar, but uh, very friendly and will do the voices unprompted. If you don't even know this is Charles Martinet, like if you were on the bus and he was holding the door open for you, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, let's go and hold the door. You'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good Mario. And he's like, I am Mario. And you're like, oh shit, crazy guy on the bus. <laughs> uh, but yes, Charles Martinet, one of, one of the good ones. Reed, they, they put out a Stranger Things teaser. Oh, okay, sure. Like the video you, game? Uh, no, no, like like the show. Okay. The show's coming back for a fourth a fourth season. Sure. Did you complete the third season? Yes, because my girlfriend loves her some Stranger Things. Uh, that shit was really good. The second season was a bit of a lull, no, yeah. as the sophomore effort tends to be. No, as, um, in pure Netflix form. Uh, yes. Season one is always. You know what? One hundred percent. Yes. Season one <laughs> is always really good. Season two is always a pile of shit, and then season three is a return to form. So, Absolutely. just like Daredevil, season one is this hyper-realistic show about Daredevil and this mob boss. And then season two has fucking ninjas, immortal ninjas. Yes, it does. And then season three, they're like, how about we just bring it right back to season one? And it was fucking fantastic. We just, how we just write this fucking ship real quick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, has there been any other Netflix shows that have gone, like original Netflix series that have gone over three seasons? I can't think of. There has to be, right? I can't think of Some any. shitty ones? Uh, where are the where are yeah. the Netflix shows? I got nothing. Are we? I got nothing. Yeah, it's... unless you count all of that Marvel stuff as one thing. No, no, no. Which you shouldn't, <laughs> for a number of reasons. How many seasons of Jessica Jones did they do? Just two three. or three? I think they did three, right? Yeah, yeah. But the third season. Fuck I mean, that last season. The third season. Jesus was Christ. not was not very good. No. Uh, cool man. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I was also cruising Netflix yesterday on my Xbox. Which is primarily what the Xbox in the bedroom is for, Netflix. And uh, Fight With My Family is on Canadian Netflix. That's the Paige, Stephen Merchant, Paige, uh, yeah. Dwayne, Paige, yeah, uh, uh, movie. And I, I watched the whole thing, Reed. Okay. Uh, you know you're in for a quality piece of film when the WWE Studios logo comes up first. Oh, great. You're like, buckle up. Uh, Rusev's going to be holding a gun to Dolph Ziggler. This is going to be great. Uh, it was, you know what? It was, it was pretty fine. The story they wanted to tell, I feel like they, they did quite pretty, pretty well with. I'm very confused as to what they, so they have Cersei playing Paige's mom. Yeah. I'm very confused as to why Paige didn't play Paige's mom. (laughs) I know that, I know the ages would line up because Paige's mom's, I think, considerably older. Or at least she looks that way because like carny years are harder than regular years. (laughs) <laughs> every every one year that we live is like four years on a carny. Uh, <laughs> so like uh, that movie was fine, and then of course it gave me a uh, excuse to go back and watch the OSW review of uh, Fight with My Family, which also includes a very very good Page retrospective. <laughs> What's Page doing right now? I have no idea. I don't know if she's still involved with WWE or what. But she's... that's enough pro wrestling for this yeah. podcast. Read. Yep. <laughs> we got a uh, we got some news lined up. I, uh, I left nothing out. No no stone left unturned. Um, uh, cover that. 
But first, let's talk about video Hello? games. Reed, I'm a bit concerned about you, because you've been playing competitive Pokemon now pretty seriously for, let's say, over two weeks. Okay. And now suddenly you're just randomly in interjecting with real-life animals and how they're dangerous. Oh, no. And I'm I feeling <laughs> like that is a that is a transition from battling Pokemon to you being like, if I were to battle real-life animals, what would the outcome be? No, it's not anything like that. Uh, I just... I'd need something to listen to while I work, and uh, yeah, I hear about animals. It's I'm glad to cool. hear they're not related. Yeah, I wish I had something more, in, like a better anecdote or something more entertaining to say about that. But it's literally just me being <laughs> curious. Uh, What's the uh, gnarliest thing you've learned? Uh, that lobsters piss out their eyes to to fucking attract females. Now, let me put it to you this way: if you were unable to urinate the way you currently do, if that wasn't an option for you, where would you prefer? <laughs> like to urinate? Nose? To like, blow your nose over the sink? or what? If it can be done, like, I guess the butt, so then you could just get it all done at once. Um, like a bird. What? What Birds. They have, like, the, the all-purpose hole, right? Yeah, like sure. That sounds good. Why is it every time... Why is it every time any podcast decides to just let, let the conversation go where it may, we end up at the cloaca? That's <laughs> that's my little homage to Giant Bomb there. Anyways, uh, outside of learning about the Animal Kingdom, which is always fascinating, especially the deep ocean, what have you been playing this past week? Uh, still continue on with more Pokemon competitive, especially on stream, where I'm getting absolutely fucking wrecked. Uh, the thought, you, like, could, I don't, you could be one I of those never... guys that uploads like a meme video to Pornhub, and you're just like, uh, guy, guy gets fucked by six monsters, <laughs> and it's just you losing in Pokemon. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I should upload my sweeping you. Yeah, upload my content <laughs> to Pornhub. Um, no, like my thought process is when I usually play competitive, it's towards the end of the season, and if you're at the towards the end of the season, everybody who's good is already at that master ball, that ultra ball ranking, and they're probably going to stay there for the remainder of that season. Whereas me, sure. in my final week, I'm playing just a bunch of fellow scrubs at the lowest level, so I can get to great ball pretty easily. Um, and I did last. Is season. that a strategy you're employing, or that's just how it went? No, that's just <laughs> how it went. Because um, I got into. Pokemon again late last month, and so I obviously got onto the ground floor running on this season. Uh, but this season is when everybody's like reset back their ranks because the new season starts. So they're trying to get back up to that Ultra Ball, to that Great Ball, to that Master Ball ranking. Um, so because of that, yeah, I'm facing a lot of meta teams, um, which is kind of like there's not, I shouldn't say a lot of meta teams. Like every other team is like a meta team. I like playing. I like playing teams where, like, some dude signing out an Ndidi with the fucking Haterne and, like, whatever the hell. Like, that's that's unique. That's fun. But as soon as I... Like, I always see so many guys just run Reggie Lecky Lecky with Urshifu, Cinderace, Ribblebloom, uh, the Carlex, like, the legendary from Crown Tundra, and fucking, like, one other, like, Heat Ran or some shit. And it's just, like, irresistible. So you... Hmm? Yeah, are you able to counter at all? Like, do you get to see your opponent's team? Yeah, absolutely. In any capacity? Yeah, so okay. the fault in my play lies in that I'm not building teams specifically to hard counter a lot of these Pokemon. But on the flip side, you don't get to see your enemy's team till you're, like, pretty much at the game. And if you quit at that right. point, it would count as a loss against you anyway. So if you didn't bring so what I'm the... what I'm trying to say is, like, if a lot of people are running the same team, aren't there a lot of, like, just... just 6v6 same pokemon whoever gets initiative wins kind of 
kind of matches? Or? Well, no, uh, ranked doubles is what I'm mostly playing right now, and it's only you bring six Pokemon, but you only choose four to use in the battle. Gotcha. So you have to yeah, like you have to really think it. hard about what they're going to lead out with, especially in doubles, because a lot of Pokemon that aren't good in singles are good in doubles and vice versa. So, like, if I'm in the team preview and I see an Incineroar, I only have to assume that's going to be a hidden ability Incineroar, which means Intimidate, which means I should bring out nothing but special attackers in my first turn. But he's also sure. going to lead with uh, a Whimsicott to get the Tailwind onto uh, Incineroar, so I have to make sure I have a special attacker. Are you battling him right now? What the fuck? No, it's just very <laughs> it's common. Like, These are very common scenarios. Very vivid, yeah. Okay, So gotcha. I have to make sure that I bring out something that is fast enough and can one-shot Whimsicott unless it's built physically tanky it's like crobat is a very unconventional pick that not a lot of people use that i do specifically because it's such a it's very good against whimsicott who is a very popular tailwind setter um yeah so i'm using a lot of different teams i'm just trying to see what works and i still have to work on it i think this season's gonna be a bit of a theory crafting because it's restricted all the ubers again like groudon kyrogue mewtwo like all these big big hitters it's really forced people to go back to a lot of older teams, and I'm just not used to it yet. So I think next season's when I'm going to really try to go hard at it. But for this are, season... The, are the legendaries staying in the mix, or will next season change no, it up again? No, so, I, yeah, I'm not sure how Series 10 is going to work. This is just Series 9. Um, and, yeah, they just restricted, like, the cover art Pokemon and Mythicals, essentially. So, like, uh, Lugia, Ho-Oh, Groudon, Kyrogre... Um, but you could still use, like, the dogs, for example. You can still use Raikou, Entei, and Suicune, because they're not cover art Pokemon. Um, Suicune is on Crystal. Right. It, it, it gets a little weird what they constitute as restricted and not restricted. Um, <laughs> so you can still definitely use, like, a lot of legendaries. Like, I'll often use Moltres or Heatran in a Sun team if I'm running a Sun team. And I can't use Groudon anymore because he is restricted. So I'll use Torkoal with Drought in his stead, which is like, eh. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's, that's basically what's going on with competitive Pokemon. I still th- am having like a ton of fun with it. I love having very strategic battles and having to outpredict your opponent and do really fucked up things. Yesterday I was in a doubles match and this dude and me were the last two left. He had, um, a Tapu Fili, which is water fairy type. And then I had a Steelix. Uh, and I, man, the Steelix only has, so my Steelix has four moves, especially because I'm playing doubles, which is Protect, Amnesia, Iron Defense, and Body Press, okay? Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Steelix is one of the Pokemon you would call on doubles, um, I forget what the term for it is, but it basically just, it's there to live, and it doesn't, it's not usually a Pokemon you would take into doubles. You think really tanky Pokemon are good like that, like Toxapex. Uh, Ferrothorn, Cradilly, Steelix would be really p- good Pokemon doubles because they're super tanky and they can just stall teams. But the problem yeah. is is that your enemy is just going to use both of their Pokemon to take down your aggressors then, and all of a sudden all you're left with is just a Ferrothorn against a 3v1 and you're fucked. Um, so that's the problem I had with my Steelix. However... Is Body Press... Body Press is a normal type move? No, or it's, a fight, it's a fighting type move. So it's oh, already shit. not, no it, yeah, it's already not effective against Tapu Fili, but here's the gimmickly. I have plus uh-huh. six defense with my amnesia, which is the max he can do because he's already not sure. doing a lot of damage to me given my steel type. So first I max up my amnesia, so he's not going to be doing that much damage to me. And this motherfucker is just spamming Dazzy gleams or uh, water attacks, I forget. Meanwhile, 
uh, I'm like, okay, body press, body press does base 60 damage, but it does more the higher your defense is. Steelix already has okay. a shit ton of base defense. So even though I'm not getting hit by physical moves, Lee, I'm still going to use my iron defense to get to plus six. All of a sudden, my body press is now doing a third of her fucking defense. And I ended up killing this Tapu before it killed me. And it was... Wow. That's the shit I love about doubles. That's the shit I love about ranked Pokemon in general. It's just like... Uh, it comes down to these weird matchups. And you really got to like work with the moveset that you that you were given. And uh, it's, it's good fucking times. Sounds good, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Steelix is... Uh, what a boy. What a Steelix. boy. Yeah. Named him Shaq. Uh, the Man of Steel. I thought that was really oh, clever. Yeah. L- literally Steel. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. Steel. He's Steel. Uh, so besi- cool. Besides <laughs> that, I've been playing Pokemon Black just casually. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Can't it's, get enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird, right? Uh, no, I really just wanted to play like a regular-ass Pokemon game at night before I go to bed uh, sort of thing. And yeah, sure. it's, it's fine. It's, that game's weird as shit. Um, it's a super weird game. Yeah, uh, like, the, the like Black Two is even weirder. Yeah, like the the battle transitions, how quick they are, is so nice. I totally miss that. How like you select an attack and it's like fucking over already, and everything's transitioning quick and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just like uh, it's like a whole reset of the Pokemon universe, kind of like completely fresh Pokemon. Those are the only ones you can really use for the majority of the game and all that shit. Uh, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, but playing some Warzone, obviously, with the boys, that's uh, that's mostly it. I didn't end up buying Returnal this weekend. I did. Yeah. I didn't buy anything, pretty much. I, I just <laughs> the way Nick just the way Nick describes it to me at work just doesn't seem like it's the kind of game like I personally would spend ninety dollars on. I'm probably gonna wait for it to go on to sale. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the only negative thing people can keep throwing. But like some people talk about the difficulty, and then some of just the quality of life decisions in that game, like not being able to save a three hour run. It's just like okay, well, put. It's like the solution to that was like put the console in suspend mode only if the if the game updates and we won't give you a heads up when this will be. Then your game closes and you lose that run anyway. Yeah, or the power uh, they released goes a out. patch yesterday that was deleting people's save data. Oof. Um, I semi-ironically as it's a game about starting over but yeah. uh, nick's loving it otherwise uh it, it like throw the money value out of the window uh and just what what game is there for him to play he's he's really liking it so yeah so good for him i guess uh it looks it looks fancy it looks like oh, the housemark makes a a good the, the particle of particle effects they make they make a good look in that uh, yeah so. absolutely speaking of good look in resident evil 8 comes out comes out uh, tomorrow that's that's right may 7th tomorrow resident evil village or resident evil 8 village or resident evil 8 village it's, it's out tomorrow uh that's not something you are uh you aren't looking to get into no though, right? but well yes and no for every resident evil i will always watch like within the first week of release like some person on youtube run it uh, I no personal. Uh, I don't personally get enjoyment from solo playing horror games by myself. I especially am not going to spend money on that experience. I like watching another person go through it. That's a reason why they're very popular on YouTube. Um, it's not the kind of exhilaration you're looking for. You don't want a nine foot six vampire countess to step on you. You want Steelix <laughs> to just win. <laughs> just <laughs> win one. That's the one. shit you're looking for. Yeah, the virgin goth big titty girlfriend versus the Chad Steelix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, and, like I love the Resident Evil lore. I'm very, I would say, I shouldn't say very, but like I'm pretty well versed in the entire series. I've watched like hours and hours of videos about them uh, while working because one of my coworkers here is a very big Resident Evil fan. Uh, so I'm very well versed in like the actual lore of the series. I've actually, I actually know some plot of some of the movies, Lee, and they are fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, I, no, I was gonna say I've I, I've played about half of the Resident Evil games. I'm semi aware of the the arcing plot. I don't necessarily care about what happens with Wesker and Umbrella and how that kind of it's just like, every Resident every, Evil Six to me is the worst Resident Evil for that. Oh reason. yeah, but like and because Resident Evil was the pinnacle of what their storyline was after like pretty much three, which was a new person like discovers Umbrella's T virus, makes a variant of it, releases it at their place. You fucking kill them. Next game, someone discovers that virus and alters it slightly to make a new virus. Blah blah blah. blah. Cycle continues, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. like that. Like that's all the story. Resident Evil Four and Five, in that case, like, yeah, really and, need. And then the the reset, like the soft reboot, was seven, but still making it a sequel. I think. Yes. I think a lot of people fucking love that shit. Right. Uh. I, but on the flip side, I think a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be a pure reset of the Resident Evil universe. When it's made plainly clear, no, this is a canonical sequel to six. Like yep. your p- puny little Ethan guy is like struggling to walk <laughs> down a hallway. Meanwhile, Chris is fucking punching boulders and fucking fighting giant Godzilla monsters. That's my boy. Yeah, um, yeah. The 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 plot of the movies isn't even worth fucking discussing, man. That's no, I meant the anime off, movies. Off the rails. Sorry. Oh, the oh the the CGI ones. Uh, yeah, those what is are... the one? I... Yeah. What? There's, there's one with Leon in an airport. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, kind of. <laughs> okay, that movie I tried three times to watch, and I fell asleep. I could not finish it. It was so fucking boring, even though there's, like, plenty of action and stuff in it. There's, like... God there, damn. There's this one fight <laughs> on one of those movies where, like, uh, basically in this movie, this guy goes crazy because, uh, like, the U.S. bombed him because he was a T-virus dealer or whatever the fuck. And then his wife died, and he only had the arm left of his of his dead wife. So like, there we go. Some he release. So yeah, like he releases like a big virus. He captures Rebecca Chambers from Resident Evil Zero, and then he's sure. like, he's like, I'm gonna put this arm onto you, and then you will become my wife. And you're like, okay, oh yeah, that's that's how that works, Lee. Uh, you know, um, what? Uh, so then, anyway. yeah, no, like. Wh- Circa Wesker putting that like heart in uh, Claire's chest, and like that kind of that stuff's that I don't care. That's <laughs> that's anime stuff. And, yeah. That's, that's... Anyway, Leon, no Chris Redfield and this fucking guy proceed to have the most ridiculous gunfight. I've seen a lot of anime, Lee. I've seen a lot yeah. of anime, and I've played a lot. Like, of... are they close co- close, close like, quarters shooting like, at each other? They are at a meter apart from one each other, and they are doing like they're shooting at each other's tailbones essentially while doing circles <laughs> from one another. Like, if you looked at it online, it's the most ridiculous fucking fight. Like, these guys. It's not like you've seen Equilibrium, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're the, talking. Christ- okay, Christian Bale was in a like Matrix ripoff movie called Equilibrium. And there's a there's a if you have not seen this movie by the way you need to immediately change that. <laughs> uh, it, it's basically a, a future where uh, emotions 
are outlawed. It's illegal to have emotions. You take a pill to suppress your emotions. <laughs> and, like, course. mankind is, like, super advanced. And, like, all art is considered illegal, etc., etc. And Christian Bale's, like, basically one of these enforcers. Like, basically, like, a, an emotions cop. And uh, his, his wife dies and he stops taking his pills and he starts to, like, live... Uh, in one scene, he saves a puppy, which is, like, the ultimate he has emotions now. He has to save the puppy. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bean is in this movie, and he doesn't make it out of the first ten minutes. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a fucking great movie. And there's a uh, a martial art introduced in this movie called Gun Kata that this, like, chubby guy came up with. And it's literally, like, close quarters fighting with a handgun. Yeah, it, like, that's, that's what it sounds like. Like, they were, like, fucking pushing in each other's ears and, like break dancing yeah. and like shoot, like, like i get i get the gun to your chest and before i can even pu- pull the trigger you've already like swiped it away and you're like tangling me up and shit yes exactly and like we've switched guns like maybe three times and like ejected yeah. each other's magazines and like put in each other's magazines and like every ridiculous thing under the sun anyway you that's need to uh, you need to watch fucking equilibrium okay <laughs> it's fucking fucking good anyway shit. resident uh, Evil yeah. 8 looks really neat and i'm very excited to continue the story of ethan because uh, Resident Evil 7 was a pretty fucking cool game Especially that DLC where you play the old redneck Who just punches monsters <laughs> What are you laughing at? That's well, a real thing we, Even though we've done a uh, a pretty solid job Of separating Pokemon uh, from Pokemon here With the Resident Evil talk Because I'm going to talk a little bit about Snap We're going to first talk about Days Gone <laughs> Oh yeah, Days Gone Reed, I'm stra- strapped myself in and I'm uh I'm trying to beat that game. So now I've talked to Nick, who's the biggest cheerleader for Days Gone. It's not necessarily <laughs> that he's like a super mega fan or something. He's just like, oh, it didn't get its uh, fair shake or whatever. And uh, I I am just behind where he got to, and he has not finished the game. Uh, but he agrees with me that nothing happens in this game. It's it's kind of just like zombie apocalypse murder simulator. Like the stealth action is fun enough when you get the quests that are just basically like, hey, there's a bandit camp, go fuck it up. That moment to moment is fine. Like you can turn your brain off, throw, throw on a YouTube video and just play that. It's very satisfying. But like anytime the story seems like it's going to take a twist or like something is going to kick into gear because nothing is happening between okay, these characters. Wait, nothing is happening. I have something to say. So I was talking to Nick about this and I was like, yes. hey, Nick. So Lee gets to, like, Lee says this and that about the story and this happened and that happened. And Nick's like, oh, yeah, he just has, needs to play further because they reveal some things. That's all I'm going to say. That's all That's all people say about no, this game, like, though. And I've, no, I've, I, I have a 30-plus hour save file. What? Sorry? Like, I know something that Nick told me that will, like, change one thing that you think happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so is it re- related to his wife? Maybe. <laughs> okay, so that's fair fair dinkum then. Uh, like, so you go through that whole thing with O'Brien, you're doing all these four stealth sections where you're just listening to the scientist Babylon while he co- collects symbols from these swarmers, and it all accumulates with this, this doctor who was the guy you gave your wife to at the beginning of the game. Uh, he's basically like, yeah, so uh, she survived. You you saved her life by giving her to me. I, I She recovered fully. Then Nero swept through, and we only saved, like, the heavies and the scientists, and the civilians are kind of left in the breeze. And then, to me, I'm like, okay, well, if there is still something to do with his wife here, if this isn't just the closure for that in the game, there's nothing else spinning at that point. So, Reed, even if you're telling me that this plot is not over, that there's more to come with this, and there's... That, that O'Brien lied to Deacon and that leads Deacon on his own spree of Nero. There is still nothing compelling 
about that or to get to that. Currently, the the state of affairs is there's the Rippers, who are basically like the bald cultists yeah. uh, that are running around just murdering people. And uh, Iron Mike, he's got a beef with Deacon and Boozer because Deacon and Boozer tried to basically sell him slaves. Uh, and, De- and and Iron Mike's like, no, I'm not going to pay you for human lives. Uh, I'll I'll give these people, you know, if they're willing to work, they can they can stay in my camp. But I'm not going to pay you to bring them here. And that was their falling out. They were accidental slavers. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, there's another camp in the game which are literal slavers, uh, which is Tully's camp. And you're just doing missions for her. You're just like doing fetch quests for this bitch. And meanwhile, she's like a like a full on slaver. Yeah, <laughs> this game. Um, the game has definitely some like. It's not like cause I hate to compare it to Last of Us, but that's like the best thing I can compare it to because it's also They're just almost a, the same game. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really, but like no, but I yes. think they're trying like because you could say what's the point of Last of Us? There is really no point. Like you think that there's going to be a cure the whole game, and then you realize that no, no, well, but there's a there's a driving plot. You're trying to get somewhere. Days Gone doesn't yeah. even have that. Well, you know, the driving plot is you're trying to find your wife. As of right now, you don't have a driving plot, but maybe you will in like five minutes. <laughs> like tonight when I play, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll be like, oh, this is unsatisfying. Yeah, and uh, like as far as like working for the slaver and you can't do anything about it that. That opens up a much bigger conversation about video games, because, like, oh, well, Witcher 3, I hate all the Magisters. Why can't I just go fuck everybody up? Well, you can't. Like, you can't. <laughs> uh, you just can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> just it's just... It. Like, yeah, it's, that, like, that... The game gives you choices when you when you find survivors of where to send them and stuff like that, but, like, Tully's Camp gives you the better gun upgrades, let's say, for example... Uh, so you're like you, the game kind of is like well you 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 might have a moral issue with working for the slaver but we've made it very clear that this main character does not have a line when it comes to murdering people uh, if they've done any tra- if they have transgressed even a bit read this motherfucker I swear to God the fucking line readings in this game so I'm wearing a, a headset let's say and I I'm approaching this camp and uh, there's a bush. Which you can hide in, because it's a video game. Yeah. And then I'm riding up my motorcycle, and I come over this ridge, and the camp is right there. Like, I'm right in the camp, basically. Like, I've parked the motorcycle in an, an, in an enemy camp. I immediately jump off the bike and jump into the bush, and they haven't seen me. So all these guys just see this motorcycle ride up, and nobody's on it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then meanwhile, while I'm hiding in the grass, I can see a pack of wolves. Not one or two wolves, Reed. Eight wolves are on the ridge above the camp. So... The first thing I do is pull out a silenced pistol and shoot one of the wolves in the leg. So they all come pouring down the hill and murder the camp for me. While this is happening, Deacon's hiding in the bush next to this tree. And he he, he does not stop talking. From the second he gets <laughs> off his motorcycle, I swear to God, it's, it's fucking... I'm gonna... Rape, say? You think it's fun? You think it's fun to rape? I'm gonna kill every single one. You're all going down. He doesn't stop talking. And that's almost worth playing the game alone. Yeah. Uh... Because it's I, so outrageous. Like you're, it's almost like that Tazon Day video you sent me, <laughs> where like the the audio clips just keep layering on top of one another. Holy until you're just shit! Like, this is a cacophony of sound. I, I'm wa- losing my mind. Yeah, man, I, I can't believe I've never went on to YouTube before and just looked up Deacon talking to himself or anything like that, and just tried to find ridiculous meme compilations of it. And it goes and it's, right. It's it goes right yeah. back to what I said to you like the other week, which is if. Days Gone didn't have the weirdest voice directing or audio cues in gaming. Would anybody even talk about this game anymore? 
there's a mission I did. I'm just I'm all over the place with this game. Uh, <laughs> there's a mission I did where boot. Okay, so in in one in game day, like sun rises in the morning, I go to a quest marker and Boozer's there and he's feeling better. He's feeling pretty cool. He's feeling good. Uh, he's got his fake arm. He's alive. Uh, because of me, and he's he's enjoying life. Okay, the next quest marker puts it down the road, and it's at the farm. Well, guess what? Boozer's got a job on the farm now. He's he's only got one arm, so he's he's raking the best he can. I leave Boozer there. You literally go to the quest marker, and Boozer's like, yeah, it's a living, or some shit like that. And then you get another quest marker that's basically like, Boozer's missing. It's <laughs> 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 gone. That motherfucker is gone. Uh, so you you, I think this is this mission. You, you find, like, a bunch of booze and stuff, and you see that this man's, like, gonna drink himself to death or commit suicide by zombie or something like that, even though it never goes as dark as what I'm describing. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're flying down the highway, and there'll just be a quest marker on the side of the highway, and, like, literally Deacon is going... And I have the NOS, and I have the highest, like, uh, engine in the game. I've basically maxed out the motorcycle. So I'm fucking flying, like, 100 miles per hour down the highway, and Deacon's just like, oh, yeah, there. And I'm like, what is he ta- What is he talking about? So I stop, get off my motorcycle, motorcycle, run 200 meters back up the highway, and the thing he's referring to is a broken bottle on the side of the highway. <laughs> so you check that out, and then he uses his detective hunter vision, which all uh, which all motorcycle club members get. It's like yeah. an implant, like cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, and then you find you find Boozer about to kill himself with zombies, and you decide to cheer him up. We're gonna get him a butcher knife uh, for his arm. Yeah, so uh, this makes this makes Boozer a threat. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you have a suicidal alcoholic best friend, and you know what you do when you have a suicidal alcoholic best friendly? You give them a fucking sword arm. Yeah, yeah. You, you're like, oh man, this is uh, this is a rough week for you. Here's a gun with one bullet in it, and uh, you decide what you want to do with that. <laughs> uh, that's, so Boozer as a character maybe has the most life in him of any character, but man, everybody in this game. Is it, like, it's like the it's, it seems yeah. like Boozer's the only one that seems to be actually really bummed out about the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Everybody else is just like, oh, this is life now. Uh, like <laughs> Copeland, even who is like an adversary to you at the beginning of the game, uh, you're like antagonistic with him, and he's got like this this radio show that comes yeah, in yeah. through your walkie-talkie. I'm not sure how that works, uh, but he's like a conspiracy theorist, tin ho- tinfoil hat, talking about the, the zombie apocalypse and, like, Nero and all this stuff. Only, he's made to be out to be this crazy, like, like guy you shouldn't take seriously. Only, you're in the zombie apocalypse, and the things he's describing are actually happening. So, yeah. it's like, oh, and you're like, yeah, this guy's nuts. This guy's not to be trusted. On the other hand, he's the only guy who's acknowledging what's happening in the, in the, in, 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 in <laughs> like, the entire like, this game. This shit's pretty uh, crazy, guys. Yeah, we got... We got helicopters, like black tiger helicopters, landing and shooting people on sight. Like this shit is, this shit is real. Uh, and Deacon's just like, ah, oh, he's full of shit. I can't believe I'm listening to it. And that's the line reading too, by the way. He sounds like he's, it's fucking so fucked up, it man. Sounds anyway, like, it sounds gone. like Sam, it sounds like half the lines were Sam, were, were, were like was making a sandwich in the other room, and his voice director's like, <laughs> Sam, we got one more line. Please say he's just like, like, yeah, Boozer, say- I'll uh. I'll take it. So when you get quests, that's when the best line readings happen. Basically, when you've reached a certain point or you've driven around in circles enough, when when the camps call you and say they have a quest for you, those are always the best line readings because it sounds like they only had one track and it's at full volume as if you were riding on your motorcycle. Yeah. I don't know if this is. I, I don't make games. I don't know if this is pulling the wrong music sound file or there only is one. But even if you're standing alone in the woods, his fucking response sounds like you're yelling. Like, say you're in a convertible and you're trying to yell to your buddy. You're riding in the back of a pickup truck, and the person's just like, "Yeah, I got a, I got a job for you when you come back around camp." 
Oh uh, yeah, I'll uh, next time I'm around, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Uh, Deke, Deacon St. John out. It's incredible, Reed. Um, I look forward to this this twist that you say is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you already, like, spoiled the twist for yourself, so what the fuck am I supposed to say about it? What um, What is spoiling the twist, Reed? That this woman was dead, and then she was alive, and then she was dead, and then she might be alive again? I maybe. I don't care. Yeah, uh, uh it's a, okay, do you want me to just say it? It's in order to get me to keep playing the game, let's say Days Gone, Act 3 spoilers, Reed, what happens? All, all I know is Sarah's actually is alive, of course. What? Um, so, like, wow. I asked, yeah, I asked Nick about this. I'm like, okay, the only thought I might have in my head is like, this is what happened. Like, she gets picked up by Nero, and then like they fix her, and then they discover that she's secretly like a badass scientist, and now she's helping Nero make a cure, and like her morals have been warped over the years, and now she's like. And just people have to die for the greater good while we make a cure. And then, like, Deacon's going to be like, I thought you were fucking dead. I thought you... <laughs> I thought you were fucking dead! <laughs> He's going to... Uh, yeah, I thought you were fucking dead. dead. <laughs> and she's going to be like, Deacon, this is now not the time. You need to go pick me ten flowers from this area specifically. And then you go on, like, a bunch of fast quests before you can even talk to her. And I think that's where Nick left off. <laughs> so, in the game... In game time, it's been about two years yeah. uh, since the apocalypse. So, you know, sure. Are you trying to say that this goes like Daenerys Tar- Targaryen and Deacon's got to, like, stop her from, from killing innocent people that Nero has kidnapped? <laughs> or what, what, like where the fuck are we going here? No, but that would require her to turn on the flip of a dime. Like, she's just going to be out there helping kids, and then she hears a bell, yeah. and she's like, no, fuck them kids. Uh, <laughs> what if Boozer's about to do it, and then Deacon has to stop Boozer? Yeah, uh, Boozer, like, Boozer has been helping Deacon the whole game, and then, like, you're in the last chapter, and Boozer's like, you know what, I never really cared about Deacon St. John. <laughs> Innocent or otherwise. It sets up a sequel where he plays Boozer. Yeah, it's called Booze Gone. <laughs> yeah, the booze is gone. <laughs> that's, that's it. Reaver, quickly running out of time here, I had an entire ass load of uh, news lined up, but I'm just going to quickly talk about Pokemon Snap. Uh, before we we exit, uh, so we've gotten a, a fair bit further in that game. Me and the wife swapping out, playing some Pokemon Snap. What uh, <laughs> I what can I say? say? Me and wife swapping. <laughs> I'm wife swapping with Pokemon Snap. Uh, slacking comes over to my house for the weekend. My wife goes and lives in the woods, uh, and we just see how that goes. Uh, it's man, it's great. It's got like I said, all that secret shit uh, that the the other game had. A little bit people complain is a little too cryptic, uh, but that's kind of the only thing that's in the game is just play the same areas over and over again, <laughs> look in a different direction, find something you didn't see before. Uh, and then when they add, you know, additional stages and they add different variants of the stages, it's, like, legitimately exciting to see new Pokemon or or for things like, hey, what what's back? I've never... I've never looked fucking in there before. What is in there? Uh, and you realize, oh, it's Flygon. Or, you know, uh, there's different ways to make Pokemon evolve and interact with them and see uh, see some wild shit on top of just the, the after-touching of the photos and the ranking system and the requests and stuff like that. It is a very, very good Pokemon game, Reed. I know it's it's more arcadey. It's definitely just like a, a high score fest, obviously, but the, the chill core of just being on a Pokemon amusement park ride and maybe taking the odd picture or seeing something that makes you laugh is uh, is really, really excellent here. Waylord with a mustache. That's basically all I have to say about new Pokemon Snap. Waylord. 
Yeah. You don't think you'd ever get into it, eh? You don't like the non-RPG <laughs> Pokemon stuff? Yeah, it's... Like, I tried playing Pokemon Conquest one time. That was pretty neat. Um, yeah, I... It's still an RPG, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird fucking game. Like, that was like... What if we told an alternate history of, like, Nobunaga's ambition... But he used Pokemon to kill people. It's like interesting, <laughs> Nintendo. Let's 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 see what happens on yeah, that. Yeah, he has like a niece uh, who has a Jigglypuff or some shit. Yeah, put everybody to sleep and then just stab them in their sleep. That would be like the scene in uh, Game of Thrones where that dragon just lights up that convoy or whatever, the Lannister convoy. Yeah. Just, like burns them to a crisp when when Game of Thrones was still good. And then instead of that, it's just that's, the guys it, are like, do you hear yeah, that? Fucking, do you hear that shit? Seven, season seven. That's fucking questionable. There's good scenes. <laughs> <laughs> There were good scenes uh, still there. The the guys are just like marching, and they just hear like something faint on the wind. You're like, yeah, you fucking hear that? Oh man, I'm fucking I'm fucking bushed. I'm tired. I'm gonna just lay down here for a bit, and like a bunch of horsemen ride by and just stab them all with spears. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, lightning round of news, Reed. Bear with me. All right. Uh, Epic, the Fortnite people, uh, basically revealed uh, while they're they're going through a court case right now with Apple and all that shit that's going on, which is very fascinating, and I recommend you look it up. Uh, they they basically revealed that they had to pay PlayStation to make Fortnite cross-platform, and that Sony, while they every time everybody's patting Sony on the back for hey you let you let cross-platform happen, thanks Sony, thanks for doing that. Uh, Sony is still very much a shysters when it comes to this, and they expect a royalty to be paid to them should you go cross-platform. So in the case of Fortnite, they're just like okay, people are spending money now on other platforms that we aren't getting a, uh, a taste of because of cross-platform play. You have to pay us out a certain percentage every month if it doesn't meet this threshold, and that shit is skeezy, straight up. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're ever like, why why no cross-play? Shit like this is going on. If you're like, why no crossplay in Destiny? Come on, Bungie, make it happen. It is very much not Bungie's decision to make that happen. Uh, they are involved in probably some kind of fucking scheme. <laughs> Sony. Anyway, uh, I think I may have sent you this. If not, there is a creepy McDonald's game secret discovered nearly 30 years later. There is a McDonald's game for the Sega Genesis called McDonald's Treasureland Adventure from 1993. Someone figured out if you put a certain password in, it does like a graphical demo. The music gets super creepy, and suddenly the McDonald's sign warps into all these different 3D polygons and shapes, which seems to be just like the uh, devs were just like, "Hey, I got all these uh, all these assets." What what should I do with them? I don't know. Password protect them and put them in the game for fun. And it took 30 years for someone to figure that shit out. <laughs> PlayStation Plus offers Battlefield 5 and Wreckfest in May. Wreckfest seems like it could be pretty cool. For free, especially. Uh, Resident Evil Village getting pretty good reviews. I'm seeing 8s and 9s out of 10. Uh, so that seems to continue the success of 7. People are loving it. And that game's out tomorrow. Uh, surprise to no one. Nintendo Switch sales are gangbusters throughout the pandemic year. Uh, selling 28 million consoles which is walloping 2019's 21, another 7 million-plus Switches added on. Sony is sued over PlayStation's digital store monopoly. Lawsuit was filed on Wednesday uh, as the Apple vs. Epic trial continues. So Sony's in a little bit of hot water in terms of uh, their pocketbook and lawyers uh, are concerned. The original Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is getting a 4K re-release. Uh, that is the PS2 Xbox Classic. Uh, so that's coming, and that game's pretty good. So look, look for that. Ubisoft announces new free-to-play game, The Division Heartland. People don't know if this is going to be a straight-up Division-esque RPG or if it'll be like a uh, Battle Royale game, but that just got announced. Probably more details on that at E3. 
We talked about the Returnal thing, and also mentioning E3. Uh, they've announced that Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Gearbox, Verizon, and Exceed Games are now confirmed for E3. They join already announced Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, and Warner Brothers. Sony is not involved, and apparently they'll need to save the money for all these legal fees that they're uh, going to be facing <laughs> pretty soon. Uh, but Bandai Namco is probably the big one there. We expect to see Elden Ring, I think, at this point. Oh, from yeah. Them, so. so that's, that, dude, that's a month away. E3 is in, on June 12th. So, we are barreling towards it. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com is our email address. Send questions, topics, if it's interesting, or whatever. We might put it on the show. Go listen to the new Tits the Iceberg podcast that went up yesterday. Uh, we're talking about Pokemon, Star Wars nostalgia, and some other stuff on there. So, check that out. Reed, thank you for joining me. Welcome. As always, everybody out there, I've been Lee. Thanks for signing up. You'll uh, We'll talk to you again next week.